Okay, hi everybody and welcome to another episode of Better. I am Dr. John Duffy and with me as always is the lovely Julie Duffy. Hello. Hello, dear. How are you? (laughs) (laughs) Now, dear's got to go. Got to go. Out. Babe, I like. Babe. Hey, babe. What's up, babe? Nothing, babe. How you doing, babe? Good, babe. Um, So what's going on? Okay, so we finally got the final cover for John's new book, Parenting the New Teen in the Age of Anxiety. It's available on Amazon um, for pre-order, so please get your copies now. Seriously, it's an amazing book. Um, We'd like to get those... We don't usually, we're not usually blatantly like plugging and pluggy uh, or asky. But this is a hard ask, right? So actually, let's start this podcast out by being a little more blatantly pluggy and asky. Um, and uh, so, <laughs> where, when, when do podcasts <laughs> jump the shark? <laughs> uh, no, seriously, it's available on Amazon for pre sale. Um, please, there's a link on. Your website, drjohnduffy.com, or just go to Amazon and put in Parenting the New Teen in the Age of Anxiety. Buy it. Buy one for your sister, for your brother, for your friends, for your aunts, your uncles, your cousins. Buy one. <laughs> and listen, it's not ju- just um, uh, just another moment of shameless plugging. This is not a superfluous, ordinary parenting book or self-help book or something no. like that there there's um th- this we put some some thought and work into and this felt like it had to be written by somebody and we just stumbled upon writing it and it- no I, well you don't stumble upon it because you it's what you know because you are in the trenches you're in the office with kids every single day you know what and parents and parents you know, you know what their struggles are you know everything they have on their plate and uh we don't know, we parents do not know the things that kids have on their plate. And that is the first step to being the, the right ally, the ally that they need. And this book delineates all that they have on their plate, the good, the bad, and the ugly. It, it informs you what is going on in their lives. And, and that help, is huge. And help me deliver the message about... Um, because I find myself telling people this isn't always a fun read. It's because I kind of go issue by issue by issue. You know, this this vaping thing is an epidemic. Prescription drug use and abuse is an epidemic. And um, your kid is overwhelmed by social media. There's a lot of what feels like bad news. So sometimes it's like overwhelming. You and I, even in, in um, editing, we thought, oof, right. do we need to back off this a little bit? Right. I know I can break that down. Break um, it down, babe. We know, we know they're stressed and depressed and anxious and overburdened. So we already have that knowing. So this is the information about why. The, the specific information about all those categories. And yeah, it's not like a comedy, but it is <laughs> it's uh it's the information that we all need. And and because everything is so different than when we were their age, and not just like, you know, I walked to school uphill both ways in the snow, blah, blah, blah. Not like that. It's just everything's different. And, and, um, and there's upsides to that. They have a point of view and an awareness, you know, worldview. But their psyches are 
overtaxed and and they're not ready for they're all ready. they're confronted with at this point and so it, we as parents have to be allies with them we got to be walking with them along the path and we have to understand the path way better than we do because as much as our kids don't get what they're confronted with we don't either and so a lot of this is just providing you with information i've learned from kids sitting across from them about what their worlds are like what happens uh, in their online worlds, in their academic worlds, in their social worlds, and, um, and the emotional impact it, it um, burdens them with. So think about just the gift you give your child uh, when, you, uh, when you truly understand some of the things that they are experiencing. It's so overwhelming. I think a lot of kids probably, they can't, they don't have the juice to fill you in. Like if you really are, uh, I think a lot of parents, maybe in the past, you could sort of get away with, you know what? Don't ask, don't tell, don't tell me about it. You know, I, you'll be fine. I'm sure you'll figure it out. Not but, only in, in, in the not distant past. I mean, right. 10 years ago, you could do that. Yeah. For like, sure. Like, I don't really want to know too much about the drinking. I don't really want to know about the partying. Like, I'm, you know, just don't tell me. Just stay in the lane roughly. Yeah, stay yeah. safe enough. Um, but they need you to know, they need you to really understand all the facets of their life. And so if you take it upon yourself to inform yourself, um, and some of it is in conversation with them. We talk about in the asking of them, um, the, you know, they, they, they like to teach, but just understand. Yeah. And, and, and that'll be like a huge sigh of relief for your kid. Oh yeah, they get it. Mom and dad get it. They understand all these issues. They understand these concepts. Now I can actually go to them and lean on them and I don't have to first fill them in knowing it's probably going to be kind of a lot for them. Right. You know, so take that off their plate and read this book so you know what's up and then you can collaborate and thrive. And rock and roll. It's true because there are so many judgment calls we have to make as parents too. Like um, I talked to a reporter yesterday who asked a really basic question. She uh, was asking about privacy. She, she has kids herself and she said, you know, like I'm kind of curious about how you handle privacy. Like with passwords for your kids' um, different social media. How, what age do you, you know, let go of that? What age do you hold on to that? When do you give your kid a phone? At what age do you let go? And I couldn't give her an age. I could say that all of these things, all of this stuff, these are judgment calls you have to make based on knowing your child, knowing your connection with your child, knowing what their maturity level, knowing what they can handle. And it's, it's a walk you have to take with them. So, you know, part of parenting, especially if your kid is young, and I mean as young as seven or eight, to sit them down and say, all right, this is how it's going to go. Like, think you're getting older, and you're more responsible, and the things are changing, so here's how it's going to go. You and I, we are going to be good, and we are going to be close through everything that's about to happen, but there's a lot of stuff coming, so I'm going to be on you sometimes. You are, I'm going to have all your passwords, and you are going to have to post on Instagram as if grandma's watching because I'm going to be watching for a while, yep. you know, because because if your safety is at risk in any way, 
your privacy means nothing to me. <laughs> That's effectively what we came up with in this discussion. But it, it, there's so much to tease out when you're a parent now that you have to start thinking, what is my child prepared to hear? And you have to be so savvy because you have to know there's an awful lot your child at a very young age has already heard, already knows about stuff you, the sex stuff, the drug stuff, stuff you would never want your eight, nine, 10 year old to know about. You got to start talking about that stuff. Wait, what did you say to me last night? Okay, so we started watching this uh, HBO series. Yes. Euphoria. It is intense. It's about teen life and it's incredibly graphic and you I it kind of feels like you're just in their lives um and all that that means and all <laughs> that that is and it, um it, anyway it's super intense but during watching that we stopped and we're talking about porn I think like yeah. it that must have come up in the show yeah. and you said it's rare the eight-year-old yeah. that hasn't seen porn. Yeah. So so. Um, and I literally was like, "Wait a minute! It's rare the eight-year-old that hasn't seen porn." And you're like, "Yep." I'm like, "Come on." No, and I'm not. I'm not kidding. So I, I I ask kids all the time, "When did you first see porn?" And six or seven or eight are often the numbers I get. And this this is the stuff that is so alarming, right? Because, you know, a generation ago. Um, I used to tell the story that, uh, you know, there, there was no porn in our houses or anything like that. But I remember my friend Mark and I found a stack of Playboys behind the Dominic's grocery store. And we were like, oh, my gosh. We were like, we were like 15, 14, right. 15. We, were, yeah. we couldn't believe it. It was like the Holy Grail. And then and we looked through them one day. And the next day it rained. <laughs> there goes the porn. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> but... Um, now porn is in their hand, you know, porn is at the ready for your very youngest kid who is way savvier than you think she is, who knows their way around the internet. Accidentally kids happen upon porn all the time yeah. or the randiest kid in the class uh, in this class of second graders who has a brother who's a freshman in high school knows exactly what site to start on and then you click on the next link and the next link and the next link and before you know it you're watching pretty hardcore porn there's no there's no filter or block that will keep a kid away from that so to so that's one thing <laughs> so parenting's fabulous now <laughs> oh my gosh no the truth is that the, the reason that that was such a shock to you is our, our George is 23 years old, which you would think that a kid who's 15 now and a kid who's 23, they're roughly in the same generation. But the differences in the way those kids are brought up is wild. It, it, what George was exposed to at 15 is so much different. What George was exposed to at 8, you compare that to what an 8-year-old sees now, and there is no comparison the eight-year-olds see everything. And they have to be able to talk to you about it. Yep. Because it's it's just too much. I mean, I will say probably classically always parents have kind of underperformed in the sex talk department. You know, really don't talk to their kids about sex. So kids have to figure out a lot on their own um, and 
can it be it can be kind of scarring. And I know that's that's it's a tough those are tough conversations to have, but now. So this TV show we were watching, Euphoria, is um, it was actually very difficult for me to watch just because in a way I feel like I have 50 kids. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I have all these kids that I love and care about. And um, and this is the world they describe to me. It's loud. The graphic imagery is deliberately in the show kind of constant. Um, they actually and, and, show the dick pics. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's revolting. And they give a tutorial about... Oh, and actually more about, than that, I forgot. It's like, it's really... It's off the, off the hook. <laughs> yeah, well, they, they, I mean, there's, you know, they, they show a man masturbating, you know, um, to a girl who's in high school, right? right. I mean, um, on the internet, you know, and, and I was telling you that... This is real life. I've heard that story before. You know what I mean? Literally, like, some, there are stories in this show that feel over the top because these are kids who are juniors and seniors in high school. That's what's depicted on the show. And it feels like, wow, they really went over the top in this one, man. This is like every party, there's sex, and every, every guy's shirt is off, and ha- some of the girls' shirts are off, and everybody's doing drugs, and everybody's drinking, and there's porn on every screen. And that feels so wildly over the top. And I'm telling you, it's really no, not. No, actually, in watching it, it doesn't. It feels like, shockingly, they're actually like revelatory? walking you through exactly what kids, like teenagers' lives are like. Right. Like every, you know, vividly, graphically perfectly and you know there's a ton of drugs and and you know um kind of random and mixing of drugs there's a lot of characters but it you it seems very real well and um zendaya who plays the main character uh you 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 actually get walked through how easily a child can fall into something as dark as the opioid crisis even uh, addiction even when their upbringing doesn't suggest that that's likely. Right? And fake um, recovery, <laughs> and you know, fake their but, drug test, and oh you know, God. everything. And, and and so she fakes her drug test by borrowing somebody else's urine, yeah. which any teenager watching that is kind of like, you know, duh, of yeah. course that's what you do, you know. So that that's the thing. I actually encourage people to watch this, even though it's really hard to watch because. You know, it's like like the book. I think it gives you a look into something that you don't want to look right at, but you kind of have. No, you absolutely have to, um, because if you can't talk openly with your kids about this, um, they're really kind of wandering through the landscape alone. You know, and they can talk to each other, but they're not great resources for each other. They they, they can they can support each other really well, but that's different than having mom and dad. The solid adult that they can they can rely on and um it's not reasonable and i say this in the book a number of times um it's actually a section and maybe a whole chapter in the book it's not reasonable for kids to be responsible for the emotional well-being of other kids and yet it happens all the time right you know kids at 3 a.m who are feeling suicidal are texting other kids yeah and they're telling them that and you want them to walk down the hall and knock on your door and tell you that they're not okay Right. You know, or so at least tell you that at the very least, no, they can tell you that they need help and so you, that you can get it for them. 
you know, elsewhere. So, so, so part of the book is walking you through like how gently to ease your way into these discussions when your child is young. You know, you start with curiosity. Ask them what they ask them questions about what they know, what's going on in the grade. You know, what are kids up to? Um, what have you done? What have you tried? And you got to kind of take the judgment out of that and just listen for a very long time before you weigh in. Um, but then it's important that you weigh in too. So, so you know, the book's really important. The show's really important. Understanding teenage culture and younger right now is really important because we adults, I think, are woefully um, under-informed about what's going on. Yeah, and everybody has that thing they do. I mean, it's this is very stereotypical, but as parents, we all conveniently forget what we did when we were teenagers, how we were, that we were, and we kind of all of a sudden become like, can become like doofusy and dorky and clueless to our kids, you know, seemingly. We, we sometimes pick that lane. Like, oh, yeah. Like, oh, what's this music and what's this video? What is this game you're playing? And I don't, you know, and just kind of pick that dumb, judgy, like. We like weren't juuling. We were just outsiders. alcohol. You, it was no big deal. Yeah. That's just not going to cut it. It never did. But it's really super. It's heightened. Um, irresponsible. It is. And, and, and because, so another, I think we're, we're really spending some time pitching the book. But the, another reason that I decided to write it and write it right now and real fast <laughs> it was it's urgent. Like, you know, things have changed rapidly. And the kids who are coming of age now are um, kind of these post-tech Generation Z kids who never knew what it was like before everything was loud. You know, like one thing that we, uh, I don't know if you noticed this in the show last night, but this one girl kind of took pills until she could hear silence, right? Oh, yeah, that's how she described it. Yeah, yeah. And, um, And so, you know, it was so easy not that long ago when George was a kid to jump in a pool and you're off the grid, mm-hmm. you know, step on a, you know, hang out with your friends in the basement. You're kind of off the grid. Um, now, you know, the idea of being free, your mind being free to just float when you're not on a grid where, I mean, th- this show is loud. Virtually every second of it is loud. There's music that feels like an assault. There is graffiti all over the place. There are people doing drugs and there are sexual images everywhere and that's our kids' lives. That's our kids' lives right now. And so, you know, I talk a little bit in the book about the tween years. And those used to be, um, that that's a word made up by a psychologist about 50 years ago, um, as this kind of buffer between childhood and adolescence. Right. You know, like this nice, easy transition period where your body's changing and your mind's changing and then you're you know, kind of like on your 13th birthday, you're christened and you're, you know, ready for, you know, maturity of a different level. And now I think there's a, I think those are gone. And there's this hard stop to the innocence of childhood. And so the only buffers available to our kids are us. Yeah. You know, so if there's a soft place to fall, if there is a moment to regress, it is with you. Mm -hmm. And it's a really important thing. I work with parents of, 17-year-old badass boys and girls who want to lay in bed with their mom and dad 
and just be. Yeah. And that's just like, let me be little for just a few minutes here. Let me just be taken care of and small and innocent and vulnerable because out there, there's no room for that. And hey, this has been better. <laughs> Take it easy. I'm, Our kid's grown and flown. I'm devastated. <laughs> no, seriously, John just looked at me and I think I've, I've shrunk down into my chair and I'm just like, yeah, you know, Julie, I'm like, overwhelmed. If you've ever seen SpongeBob become liquid and pour himself onto the ground, <laughs> that's what Julie just did. The fact is that every parent should read this book. I, I uh, with great humility, I agree with you. Um, really, I think it's really important, and um, and so please pick it up. Um, it is again available for pre pre sale now, and again, and here's the good news: um, there is there are ways to navigate safely through all of this, and you have you moms and dads have agency over that. Tons of it, tons of it. So. If you read it and if you attend to it, and here's what I encourage you to do. Read it through once and then read it through again slow. Or just ha and have it as a have resource. Have it at the ready. Yeah, because every the, the chapters are kind of like issues that you're going to be confronted with. And I don't know, I don't think there's a chapter that any parent of any kid won't have to refer back to. Um, but there are takeaways all the way through, and they're really consistent. Um, you know, that th there's there's kind of a vibe that I that I draw uh, throughout the book. And if you follow that vibe and you create this vibe in your house that is open and communicative and supportive and an alliance as opposed to oppositional, you're you've got something there, and that that will carry them through. Yeah, and it really it's all good news because, you know. Our kids are amazing. Their world is different, but it's still beautiful, and they still have amazing opportunities and um, and all these new lanes, all these new you know ways to live life. And in a lot of ways, they can live life bigger. In a lot of ways, they can live life smaller in the best way. Um, yeah, it's all good news. Actually, we just we just have to uh, shift with them, and and join them in the journey. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what we're not saying is the good news. Your kids are good people. All you know, I, I all the kids. I, you've heard me say this. If you've listened to this podcast one time, you've heard Julie and I say this. But you know, like. I haven't met I haven't met the real asshole kid yet. <laughs> you know, if he's out there or she's out there, I don't know him, you know? Um, so they're they're loving, caring, deep, thoughtful, empathic people. Part of the reason that they run into these perils is because they're that way. And this the world that we've created has presented them There's with no a more lot bubbles. Of the There's no more bubbles. Right. Right. So we just need to help them navigate through. And that is doable. And you're right. It is virtually all good news, yeah. and um, and there is joy throughout. There is joy throughout for sure. Yeah, there's joy throughout. We're all, all of us are burdened, as we know, by this new frontier, by constant information, constant social media, constant comparisons. Um, we're all a little more 
depressed, maybe a little more anxious and a little more upset by all of this. So we can totally relate. But it's just a shift that's happening. And we can all shift. We can all acclimate. And we can all take, you know, take it to a better place. Amen to that. Amen to that. Yes. So on Amazon, BarnesandNoble.com, Target.com. We're supposed to put oh. buttons. Yeah, we're supposed to put buttons on the website for everything, by the way. Oh, I didn't even know that. This is just a, we're it's gonna, everywhere. We're going to create a to-do list here <laughs> as we go. Um, so uh, we were um, recently at our friends Chad and Tiffany's uh, beautiful lake house in Lake Nakabee in Crivitz, Wisconsin. I did and, not um, water ski. Julie did not water. <laughs> oh, is that why you're making that face? Yeah, but I will Labor Day. Okay. Okay. Julie's plan is to still water ski. I said I was going to water. I said I was going to water ski. <laughs> we did a lot of fun things. We did. We did yoga on paddleboards. We paddleboarded. We boated. We, um, uh, yeah, we did so many fun things. But and uh, and Doctor Chad Owen, also a psychologist, yeah. um, and I, we were talking about. I don't know how this came up. But I'll tell we, you. Oh, go. I was looking at you guys down on the dock, having a talk. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, dock talk. And then I was like, two docks on the dock having <laughs> a talk. So we kind of came up with this funny idea to do a podcast called Dock Talk. So the, the No, Dock Talk. The idea <laughs> so we came up with Dock Talk on the Dock. And naturally we kind of slipped into these Southy Boston accents. Yeah, Dock Talk. So we started with like, you know, you know, all right, here we go. It's Dock Talk on the Dock. Issue number one, intermittent explosive disorder. Go. Calm your ass down. (laughs) Calm down. Head down to the garden. Get yourself a beer. Shut up. What is the matter with you? Anyway, we were were So we're thinking. So so give us some feedback about whether dog talk on the dock seems like a good idea to you. Because a lot of it is screaming. We thought maybe we'd sit on the dock and... um, Talk to the fishermen. Literally get get out a megaphone and say, hey, you're on dog talk on the dock. What do you got to (laughs) say? Why aren't you home with your wife anyway? What are you doing out here? You're going to have to go back there someday. (laughs) Oh, my God. So, so there's that. There's that. So we're really thinking about revamping this whole dork thing. Dork talk on the dork. Because we don't think that's going to get annoying ever. No, that'll just be a whole new podcast. It's a whole fun thing to do. I got to really, I want to perfect the Boston accent a little <laughs> bit. Um, but uh, let's see. What are we missing here? I don't know. Nothing. I think this has been better. Yeah. This is better. Uh, love you, honey. Love you, honey. We will talk to you guys next time. Have a most excellent week. Bye, parenting the new teen in the age of anxiety. Thank you.